0: Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. (laughs) Well today we're going to talk about impossible call on God. Amen. It's impossible call on God. Many times we uh, come up against things that we and little bit by little bit they wear us down. Don't they? You know that's we call them like watershed situations or watershed experiences or um, because it just continues to go on and on and on and on kind of at the same pace or the same flow and we don't seem to think we're making any headway and those are the things that our minds have told us are impossible if they if what you're seeking is the will of God it is not impossible it is not impossible. And what we need to do in those situations is call on God and trust him more. Amen. Just put more confidence in God and, and, and you know, push ourselves forward in believing him and uh, put more effort I guess I would say into believing God uh, because he is the God of the impossible he is the God who does the impossible so in Matthew uh, chapter nineteen, yeah, I was just thinking about some of the situations that kind of come up in everyday life, and I know one of the the situations that will get to seem impossible if you you know if you don't keep your heart full of the Word and you don't really understand how to to keep yourself sharp in your believing is the uh, salvation of unsaved loved ones you know and to be able to see them actually come into the house of god and worship god and give their hearts totally to the lord instead of just you know that mental assent that we all get when we talk to them about jesus you know they just want to get rid of us and people tell you anything to pacify you and get you off their backs so to speak and so we really need to develop our faith more I think for God to break through on impossible situations or things that we have judged to be impossible and so we all make that judgment. You can tell. You know you might say to yourself. Well I really don't uh, think God can't do anything. But I think sometimes we've in a way categorized that mentally as impossible. Even though we, we don't say it. We act like it. And our thoughts are that way. You got me. We don't keep pursuing it. We don't keep going after it. Uh, we don't keep our faith strong in it. And sometimes we don't attempt to strengthen our faith in it we just will kind of pacify ourselves you know like we've been pacified by their little uh you know words to get us off there but we'll do the same thing to ourselves we'll pacify ourselves well you know they did confess christ or they did you know come with me that one time or i know they they got you know and you don't see any evidence of salvation because when people are saved they act just like you and me Mm-hmm. other than that <laughs> you got it other than that in some kind of false holding pattern <laughs> right <laughs> you know they they haven't landed yet you know how the planes are when they don't have a clear landing strip they keep hovering over well that's where most souls are they're in a hovering pattern uh-huh and and uh you know we're believing god for them though but there's there's never much progress to break through I know when I was first saved everybody had to get saved or it was trouble somewhere you know I mean we were we were very very adamant about seeing the household salvation and uh, and we saw people like um, uh, um, I'm with our friend over in Pennsylvania um, uh, what's her name no and thy house yeah yeah we would have people like her you know for for times when when you know we we would know as as uh, ministers if the saints were getting discouraged about their loved ones getting saved or little grumblings and you know how sheep you know you always know, bad about something you know so you've got to find out what the bad's about and if it was about household salvation we just had somebody we knew we could pull out of the hat to <laughs> come in and just stir everybody up and encourage them and so diana was always our our person to go to uh, when we knew people were were getting discouraged about seeing their loved ones saved and powerful testimonies like that you know where we're People were, uh, understanding salvation and they would, would get, um, understanding from God that, that their, the people, their loved ones were really following the Lord and there was a change in them and a change in their lives that you could see, you know, that they, they look like you, act like you, everything, you know. And so those were, were, highly valuable highly treasured times but i think those times are upon us at any time we just need to keep our faith stirred up for uh increase in god's kingdom for increase in our families for increase everywhere so that we can um uh uh, expect the unexpected and expect the impossible you know there's a way to know something's impossible for you, but expect it anyway. Amen. See, and that's where you need to get uh, so that you can see all of the things come to pass that we've been wanting to see come to pass in God. So, in Matthew chapter 19 i uh, thought i would uh, use the example there and this this uh, example is uh, in at least three if not four all four gospels i think it's i'm sure it's in three of them um, because it's an important story you know so it's an important story and it's important for us to keep in mind how these things happen so in uh, matthew 19 how'd i get over 15 19 i think i'll start in verse 15 it's a parable about the rich young man it's really not a parable this thing actually happened it says and behold one came and said to him good master what good things should i do that i may have eternal life so this person is looking to understand eternal life because he pretty much figures out he's doing everything right right Mm -hmm. so it's kind of one of those questions you're not sure where this young man's heart is in the asking is he asking Jesus to trip him up is he sincere in his asking that he wants to to receive eternal life? He wants to to um, uh, fulfill whatever requirement? Is this a sincere request? Or is this something that he's saying to validate himself? You're going to have people who think they're, they're right with God. And they're not. They, they may feel, you know, people's idea of salvation varies. And uh, unfortunately the church's idea of salvation has gotten to be more like the world instead of more like the real thing. Because we put faith on a par with things that have to do with this world only. Instead of having faith, put faith in its proper place. And that it is the supernatural power of God to bring heaven down here on earth. So we're not here using our faith, or we shouldn't be, to shuffle around the world's goods from one place to another. We should be here to bring heaven down here on earth as the word says. That's what supernatural faith is for. Supernatural faith is here to create things. To create where there is lack. To retrieve, restore, replace, renew. All of those things to to get back to ransom out of to deliver to empower that 's what supernatural faith is for it 's not for uh, just shoving things around you know from one from the realm of the natural from one natural source to the next natural source it 's for releasing things heaven down here on earth, and so in, uh, in matthew uh, in i 'm sorry verse fifteen um, He says 16 I'm sorry what good thing shall I do that I should have and will have eternal life. And he said unto him why are you calling me good. So Jesus picks up on a little manipulation here. He said there is none good but one and that is God. But if you will enter into life. Enter into life. In other words he said you're a dead man right where you stand. What, anything that you've done up until now is a dead work. Huh? That's true of anybody who's standing outside of the covenant of God. Anything that they're doing is a dead work. And he says, if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, which ones? Huh? <laughs> right so he says you shall do no murder see whatever jesus answers him this guy's got an answer for him already see what i'm saying little smart alecky guy he says which ones you shall do no murder shall not commit adultery don't steal don't bear false witness honor thy father and thy mother and you shall love your neighbor as yourself the young man said to him, all these things have I kept from my youth up. What do I yet lack? Hmm? So he's getting more into understanding that there's something not right. This young man understands his condition. He understands that he's not in eternal life. He wants to know but he doesn't want to know. See we meet people like that all the time. They want what you have but they don't want to do what you do to get it. Because they always think it's too hard. They always think it's too much. They look at your life and see dull, boring, boring, dull, boring. Because that's what the devil wants them to see. They don't see. what well, what they do see from time to time is the joy that you live in. They see the peace and contentment that you're the same way all the time. You're not in rehab. You're not in... Uh, i got a brochure in the mail today for a christian rehab place i said mom i just get a van and send them all up there this morning get all y'all in rehab let's go they go on a field trip or something i don't know what they are but you know you're not in rehab you ain't at betty ford or anybody else that's doing that kind of stuff but you're consistently intact you probably work right beside some people and they know what you make. They know about how much you make. They see that you're always on time for your job. That you're there and you do a good job. You're there from beginning to end. They see all of these things. They People observe you. They know what, what to look for. So they want it but they don't want to pay the price for it. And praise God you can tell them the price has already been paid. Well, that's something you can tell them. Listen, all I did was one day I realized that my life was going nowhere, and now somebody explained to me what Jesus Christ really had died for. And I decided I needed that in my life. And it's all you have to do is decide you really need that in your life. And give your life to him. It will be the easiest thing you ever do. And just stay with him because he's the best thing you've ever had happen in your life. And so when, when He this young man is prodding now. He's, he's saying, yeah, yeah, I've done all of that. But what do I yet lack? So we we're seeing now he's coming around a little bit. Maybe he's trying to put Jesus on the spot. Says you, you've said all of those things. You know what do I lack yet? You're not sure what this man is looking for from Jesus to prove that he's got eternal life. But he's getting into the flow of the conversation now. And this is the thing that you got to understand about the anointing. Once people get sucked into the conversation and God's the author of it. At the end of the conversation, you're going to come out with what God wants you to have. God never gets involved in a conversation with anybody that he can't win them over to his side. So you just keep going with the flow. No matter what the flow tells you, you keep rolling along with it and you keep going with it. Because at the end of it, God is going to have his way and there's going to be some wisdom in God to come forth from it. Jesus said to him, if you will be perfect... Or if you will be mature. If you will be uh, someone who really is sincere in God. Go and sell what you have. And give to the poor. And you shall have treasure in heaven. And then come and follow me. So you kind of get the gist of this. That this young man because he's rich and he's wealthy and he's important. He maybe feels a little left out. Because Jesus has all these people following him and he wants to make sure he's included now he may want a big spot because of his wealth he may want but it's something bugging him because he feels on the outside and he wants in and that's where most people are uh, before they know the lord they feel on the outside and they want in and that's what's bugging this young man there's something all these people are following Jesus and they seem to be a part of something they all seem to be happy and joyful and you know some of them either he's using and taking them away personally talking to them they're doing miracles there's all of this this lifestyle thing and this this kind of uh um living or some kind of something going on some happening and he can't buy his way into it he can't talk his way into it he can't steal his way into it he can't get in somehow and he wants in that's him he wants in but he can't quite be included in it and he wants to know what's wrong with me that i can't be like the rest of these christians are they're people like that, folks. These impossible cases that they want to be on the inside, where they know the Christians are having a good time, where they know that they're uh, included in things, where they uh, accepted, they they can feel good. They go talk the jargon with one another. Uh, they pray for one another. They're, uh, they they when and when they pray, they they uh, feel like something. They feel different. They feel changed. I never feel that way when I pray. I just send it out there and I don't know if it's heard or not. There's something different about this group of people. And it's attractive to me and I want in. See that's the average person that God has you praying with or for or has you believing him for or family member who's not. They see something there that they like and they want in but they don't know how to get in. And we have to have the wisdom to accept that they do want in. I think that's number one. You you can't ever say people don't want God or they don't want to get saved or they this or make a judgment call on them because I don't believe that's true at all. People everybody wants to be right with God. They just don't know how to get it. They don't this is like this young man. He said, What yet do I lack? And you can tell some people exactly what they need to do. But they still don't want to accept that that's what it is. For the homosexual he doesn't want to accept that all this time he's he's spent all his life trying to accept the fact that he's gay. And now you tell him he can't be gay anymore. That's not right. That couldn't be right. Or you tell a, a young woman that... You know, that's got three or four or five kids and by everybody by a different father that God can give her a decent life and a marriage and all of that. And they can't conceive of some man just wanting to marry them and, and all that baggage too. You got me? But if, if they're going to follow God, they, they have to believe that God is a God of possibility. So, but the first possibility they have to get to is that God loves them just like they are you know sometimes that's what people need to accept so here this young man uh, you know he sees something here and he he knows that there's something to it that he's missing somehow there's something so he gets enough courage to kind of dance around asking Jesus and then he kind of zeros in a little bit better you know it begins to be a legitimate request here after a while and Jesus takes him seriously that's what you've got to do. You've got to have a serious answer. A God answer. For everybody that asks you what they need to do yet. In order to be saved. Or in order to. I want what you have. I want that joy that you have. I want that contentment that you have. I want to to, to feel like. Uh, you know God loves me. You, you have such a confidence. You have such a peace about you. There's something there that they know that they lack. They're on the outside. And don't know how to get in. And Jesus tells him what to do go first, go sell what you have. In other words, part with that that has your heart. You've got to make that sacrifice before you can come in to the door. Now, many times people don't believe this is necessary for salvation, but I can tell you right now the reason that a lot of people. Uh, that we see that confess Christ, you know, that pray the prayer, and that follow for a little bit and then drop off, is because there's something else in their heart they're following instead of God. There's got to be. They're not just, you know, I renounced everything, and I'm just not real motivated to get up and go to church or serve God. You're motivated because you renounced everything and came in. For most of us, we didn't have much. When God found us so we were like a, a rescue and it was easy to come in because you had nothing to renounce more or less you went along with it you knew that you had to live right you knew that you had to go to church and knew you had to do all of these things but for many people it's not a big sacrifice to get in there there's some of your flesh has to be cut away so that you can prove to god show him fruits meat for repentance just don't say you repent but you got to show the lord that there's something that you know he doesn't approve of that's in your life and you got to do away with that thing and you got to do it on a constant basis we have to say no to a lot of things as believers i don't think people think that's important anymore but it is some of the things that we say yes to, we definitely need to say no to them. That's how people get in trouble. Saying yes to too many things. You know, uh, it's okay to dress like the world a little bit because you know we're not under legalism. You know, uh, forget that. What happened to modesty? Right. Well, some people believe it. Hmm? but it's in the bible it's true there's there's a part that 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 we play in the world that shows that we have respect for humanity in the way that we adorn ourselves it's, it, this, it has to be a higher level of respect that comes into your heart that shows on the outside and that's part of our witness to the world I don't think we we win anybody with wearing these, you know, skinny jean tight things and, and then, you know, you got a jacket that's halfway covering, it's not covering your rear end. You know, women always have problems with clothes. Always. Unless they're nuns. You know, in that case, it's taken care of pretty much. But there, there has to be a respect for that commandment that we are to adorn ourselves in modest apparel. Just period. That respects. That means that I respect myself, and I respect every man or woman that looks at me. Got me? Because if you don't have that standard, you could allow somebody to be tempted. y'all act like i'm speaking greek or something i mean this really is in the bible it really is in the bible but see we're so afraid to make people uncomfortable when they come in here that many of us don't grow up in the way that we represent god and we need to do it we need to do it we need to show the world that we're not ashamed of who we really are We're modest people and we make that sacrifice in order to honor God who is the head of us all. And it's worth it so that we can look like his children down here on earth. It's worth it. I said it's worth it. I think it's 100% worth it. Because if we don't obey these small things, it's a small thing to pick the right clothes off the rack and wear them. It's a small thing to adorn yourself in a way that you are respectful to God to God's house and what God wants to do and the world can tell the difference between you and somebody else who's dressed the same way you got me and they don't confuse you with the world. You don't want to blend in with the world. You want to stand out. There are enough people blending in. And many times we, we don't see those things as important. But these are small things that can be done so that we don't lose our witness. We gain ground with people. We gain respect with people. We gain all those things with people because of who, how we represent ourselves and how we represent our God. These things are very important to God. When he shows us off as his bride, he doesn't want us adjusting everything so that, you got me? So that we can look like more modest people. We are to carry ourselves in modesty at all times. Modesty is also not boisterous and doesn't keep drawing attention to itself. You got me? All of those things, they make a difference in our witness before the world. And so, if we can carry it, that's a that's a cheap thing to do. It doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't uh, uh, cost you any money uh, to buy certain clothes. You just, when you go buy them, pick a different something off the rack to wear. That's all. Something modest that covers you up. And so, when we have these opportunities to make choices, you make the choice that the Word tells you to make. And that's what this young man had done. He made the right choices all of his life. Which were small things for him to do. But he would never been challenged to do anything that was really going to revolutionize his life. So that he could be like everybody else. That he could get in with this crowd he's trying to get into. And so Jesus goes right for the heart. And he says... I want your heart. I want something that really means something to you. And I want you to take it. Give it away. Then come and follow me. That's your problem. You've been trying to follow me with all this baggage. And you don't feel right doing it. And so when people don't feel right in some way. Because of a choice that they made in in not to obey God. They need to make the right decision. it's easy to do. It's easy to go back and make the right choice finally so we all have riches that we don't want to part with because we they compete with our love for God it's not that you don't love God but you got riches in your heart for some people it's some kind of vision that they have for themselves you know a career you want for some a lot of people it's their family it's the husband the wife and the kids Always going to be stealing time from God. Well, I couldn't really read my word like I didn't have time to pray because I had to do so and so. All of these things. See, your heart's too bound up in things that are not pertaining to God. Selfishness. If you just always looking out for you. You know, what am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? Separates you from God. He wants your heart insecurities keep us from facing the truth of God's word so these things are riches because we keep them in our heart and we draw from them and they feed us and we feel good about them all of these things that are separating us from God and separating us from trusting God some of the young people come in and the hardest thing they think is for them is to quit looking for somebody to date all the time. You know they fornicate and wanted, they're used to sleeping around and, and feeling important that way. And you got to sacrifice that stuff. You can't just keep coming into the kingdom doing whatever. This isn't a whatever kingdom. It's a holy people. Holy means you're set apart for God's use and you stay consecrated to God and obedient to his commandments. That's all that means. So when we think about these things we have to understand that there are things in your heart that when you would follow God these things are leading you to a different place. You just keep going that way instead of stopping and doing what God wants you to do. And That's what this young man's problem was. And he said when the young man heard that he went away sorrowful. Because he had a lot of stuff. That's what's holding most people back that don't want to serve God is their stuff. I want to keep this. I want. I want to do this. Well, God understands. Well, you know, it's and there's no harm in this. I don't see why God doesn't want me to have this. Well, if I serve God, does that mean I have to quit doing so and so? When people tell on themselves. They know what's keeping them. This young man knew knew exactly what Jesus was going to tell him to do. Because he'd seen enough people following him doing the same thing. See if there wasn't an example there already he probably never would have asked the question. But he was going to see if God was going to make an exception in his case. And God never does. God's the same way with everybody. Across the board. He's no respecter of persons. Whatever it is that's hindering people from coming in to seeing that. To to being what God wants them to be. God wants to take care of that. And he has a remedy for every obstacle that keeps people from serving him. See and with your loved ones there's something there that they think is going to kill them to let go of. And they don't want to let go of it. And they're not sure if God's going to give them something of quality to take its place. And that's where we come in. That's where our witness comes in. That's where we show them the quality that God has in store for them. If they would follow him. They see God's quality on us. They see God's quality in us. They see God's standard in us. Now I was thinking about <clears throat> some things recently we were talking about ways that we could save money in the ministry and I was you know I'm always looking to cut back on things and so the first thing I did was I got everybody's credit card so that I could keep up with and not that people go out and, and use the credit card where they're not supposed to but it's harder for me to tell people to spend money if they don't have a way to do it you know the you know i it's hard to make a phone call and say go buy this when they don't have anything to buy it with so that gives me structure and discipline to stay within the budget and be responsible myself. That's that's the order of business that you want to do there. And I kept trying to think of ways to cut back here and to cut back there. And not do this and not do that. And God would stop me and and remind me why... He told me to do certain things and what I was about in doing them. And one of the reasons that we, when we have meetings and and we have long meetings. And and one of the reasons that we do what we do and have fellowship and break bread together and all that kind of stuff. One of the reasons is that that is one way of having communion with one another. Did you know that? Communion is not bread and wine communion is the sharing together of a covenant meal between believers got me one of the reasons that we do that is to get people in covenant with one another because if you break bread with somebody chances of you betraying them are very slim unless your name's judas you got me so that's part of it it's part of Christian fellowship is to keep people in a state of covenant blessing with one another and covenant reminders all the time that they are brothers and sisters in the Lord that they are a family together in God the other thing that God showed me he says and I told you to show them that I'm a God of abundance and not lack and so one of the things that I've endeavored to do. Is to always show people that God has cupboards full. And more than enough. And we don't have to fear when you sit at the Lord's table. And all of that kind of stuff. Now granted people don't pick all of that up. I'm sure. But I'm to present it that way for a reason. Because I'm to present this is God's house. This is we are his people and we're to live like people of God at all times as much as is possible and this is why we do these things and so when I was thinking about ways to cut back if I violate any of those principles then I'm not doing what God told me to do you got me so we we don't cut out uh, meals we don't cut out fellowship we don't cut out uh you know having time to have a break and have lunch and all that at the empowerment meeting we don't stop doing those things because those things are just as important to your well-being as a christian as the word is as worship is as any of that other stuff that's the working out of it that's how you demonstrate uh god's blessing and his goodness in your life is is by doing things this way many times people told me things like well you know if we didn't have so much food there's too." too much food well what's too much food you know if we cut back and we run out then you're mad at me for that you got me so let's just go with the flow here and assume I've heard from God and I know what he's told me to do and why we do it the other part of it is that you never know when somebody doesn't have food at home You got me or maybe they need to spend it some emergency came up and they don't know and all of this kind of so you just don't know just go ahead and do things on principle quit diddling with what God told you to do and make it a principle and a habit and a lifestyle and let it flow and then God will do what he wants to do with it from there. That's what you have to do with everything in God. You have to make decisions. A lifestyle. A principle. A habit. So that in a custom. And then pretty soon it grows into the way you live your life. And it becomes your witness before God. See, it, it's It's a witness for us. I don't know how many people... And go to churches where they're made to feel uncomfortable these people just don't go to them they don't speak to them they, everybody's just running in there like a herd and running out again you know you can go to a place where somebody can ask you your name sit down and offer you a cup of coffee while you're waiting for something like that to show human people that we're not just a herd of sheep running in and running out and getting pastured and running in but we're real people and this is how God wants people to live in real life It's important to God it's part of your witness and so these things you have to understand when God sets you up in your lifestyle in what he wants you to do he does this for a reason he sets you up in it for a reason I was reluctant sometimes, you know, and God had given me uh, some some uh, uh, valuable things, you know, very valuable things. And and I, the first time God had me to share testimony about how He bought me jewelry that I wanted, you know, back in the day. I quit wanting it when I found the Lord, but still, He wants you to be blessed and have things. He is not against you having things, and they're part of your inheritance. And and so when I i was struggling with and i told god i said i don't have to talk about stuff like that you know let me talk about something else and he says well you wear it don't you i said yeah he said well you need to tell the truth about it he said because people see it and they might wonder what it costs Or if people desire things like that. They don't know that I'll just give them to them at no cost. You see you didn't pay anything for any of your expensive jewelry. He said so I want you to share that with people. How I blessed you with it. He said so they don't get stupid. And go off somewhere. And start getting time payments on something. Because they see you with it. And assume if I got it for you. I'll get it for them. And then they struggle. because. And he said if I do it, get it for you for no money. He said I'll get it for any of my kids for no money. And So it's things like that that God God puts in your life that are part of your witness. There's a general witness and then there's a personal witness. You got me? You got to know what's a general. You got to make the general first. You understand what I'm saying? There's a minimum that God will accept as an acceptable witness before him down here on earth. I don't think people really believe that or understand it or want to think that way. But there is. There's a basic uh, way that God wants his people to represent him down here without fail. Brother Copeland said that when he was, God was dealing with him about something that he. Thought he wanted and wasn't sure he needed to have it it was expensive or something and and God reminded him he said now didn't you tell me once before that you weren't going to struggle with me over things like that that if I put it on your heart to go and acquire something that you would go and get it. Please and not judge it and not try to figure out why I'm bringing it into your life. And so Brother Copeland said that he remembered that. And there, there is a witness that God wants you to have. Sometimes if you're a high profile person and God's put you there. Because we know there are high profile people that put themselves up where they are at god puts you in a high profile then there's a way that he wants you to represent him based on your visibility based on all of those things there's a way he wants you to represent him but understand that he has a basic uh, uh, way that he wants his people to represent him period always with dignity honor and respect respect for him respect for other people humanity all of those things he's looking for that out of his people and so this rich young man found that there were some things that had grabbed his heart that he didn't want to let go of he trusted in his riches in other words looking at himself and thinking what would i be if i had to get rid of this and i think that's what most believers are challenged with most of the time what would it cost me what's the cost what in order for me to get more out of god what's it going to cost me as far as what i need to let go of because certainly if your hands are full you don't have room for anything else and so this young man's hands were full and he says he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions Then Jesus said unto his disciples truly I say to you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. For again I say to you it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it they were exceeding amazed saying who then can be saved? Jesus beheld them and said to them with men this is impossible but with God all things are possible. So all this guy had to do was ask God for the grace to be able to let go of this stuff so that he could get in you see god makes it possible by his grace that enables us to repent that allows us to repent that lets us know what it is that's standing between us and god you don't want anything between you and god you know sometimes over the span of life things creep up and kind of work their way into our hearts And we find that we don't want to get up and do what God told us to do because we promised somebody else something you see. And so we have to be constantly on the alert for things entering in. And so he said with God all things are possible. And he talks to Peter and Peter pipes up and wants to tell him how much he's given up so that he can follow the Lord. Now the Lord tells him, he said, sure you've given that up. He said, then you're going to give up more because it depends on the type of life you want to live for me. How much do you want to do for me is what God said. How much do you want to devote to me is how much you release to me so that I could take that away and give you a greater blessing in return. Now this young man even though he had great earthly possessions he's always you're always trading up when you trade up in heavenly possessions. Sometimes if you've given up what you had initially when you came into the Lord you might find that later on once he gets you established in his ways and and his rules that these things come back to you. If you got to that earnestly through hard work or some kind of skill that you have that skill still upon you Gotta let it work for you sometimes if it's going to hinder your relationship with God if he brings it back it stays away from you I remember when I got saved and I saw that I wasn't going to get back to a job easily and I told the Lord I said well God I'll just let that go I don't have to ever work again I'll work for you and I could think of times where money was tight, and I thought, "Well, I'm gonna do something." (laughs) There was nothing to do; couldn't even find anything, Uh, you know. Even though I'd been to school and and had abilities, papers, if you will, certificates, degrees, licenses, whatever, whatever. But never, nothing ever panned out, you know, and. We were tight. Money was tight. Tight, loosened up eventually and and God took care of everything. So you don't have to go back on your word to God in order to survive. You have to trust him through these situations, you see. There are times now when when my husband passed away. Boy, if I could have found a certificate to go do something. But I was pretty sure if I ever darkened the door of a hospital again. (laughs) I'd either be admitted as a patient which was my last calling in the hospital or something, you know. It just was was not as easy, you know, say twenty years ago it would have been easier for me to turn around and go back again. Now I'm so far down the road it's you know, it's pathetic. You know, preachers preach wherever you are. I don't care where you are, you just and it, it wouldn't matter to me if they fired me. I we'll see, yeah, fired me. I don't care. But you going to heaven today? See, you know, it gets to be an easy choice after a while. After God's gotten that out of your heart, you know where you. You're anxious about things, or you're not sure about, um, uh, you know, how you're going to be taken care of. All of that stuff, you know, it comes in, and so once you master that and you get over that, it's hard to go back again once you've gotten free of all of that stuff. So really, this young man is about to be freed from the tyranny of earthly possessions. Now it's a slave life worrying about things you know what are you going to eat what are you going to drink what are you going to wear how are you going to pay for this if you like something can you afford it all those things that's that's another lord that's lording over your life and so when you can trust God totally then he can do that for you the other thing is that God will separate you separate your heart from the love of those things after a while they don't have the attraction that they used to have For you, they just don't. And you, the more God comes in and the more He occupies your heart, you know, sometimes people just have to remind you certain things that you, you know what I'm saying? They just, you know, I had somebody come up to me recently and say, Oh, I I picked this up for you because I remember you said you liked it. And I said, Huh? You know you' don't even remember, and it's just that way sometimes you you it's not that you don't appreciate it or appreciate people, but they don't just have your heart like that, like you know they do in a person that hasn't really released all of those things to God. We have to be careful about things entering back in once God severed that from you, the enemy comes back and knocks at the door of your heart. Another way with it entering in there. And so you have to keep the door of your heart where only God has access to it. you Keep everything else on the outside so that God has access only. (coughs) Sometimes things leave us. We don't have to leave them. You just lose your taste for certain things. And that's a beautiful thing because then God has come into your heart in such a way that he's just occupied that for you. That's a gift. That's a blessing. It's a blessing when you don't have to struggle in in things that you know are not for you. You got me? Sometimes God will put on your heart to do certain things and, and you make the attempt to to work that out. And if it doesn't quite work out, don't get upset and frustrated. Just keep at it because it'll happen you know what I'm saying you, you have to keep at these things you can't you can't let them go and fall by the wayside I was thinking at uh, times you know I know we've all done it we want to pray an hour a day you know we want somehow this hour thing keeps bugging most Christians over and over and over again and you well you didn't do an hour but don't just quit what did you do did you do 10 minutes? Did you do 15? Encourage yourself in that and let it grow. You got me? Because these things are not just things that you can submerge yourself into sometimes. Some people can. Some people have just have that discipline. They heard God say it. I'm going to do it. And that's all to it. And everything else can wait. But if you're not made that way if you're not that kind of person it's not that you can't accomplish great things too just with you you're going to have to trust yourself and keep the tv off long enough to to get in the spirit and get over there and see what happens you got me and so there are ways that we can master allowing God to have more and more of our heart, more of our thoughts, more of everything, but we have to work with who we are and how we are, and not try to plunge into, uh, you know, what what God has. You know, I I think being called to to a life of prayer or a ministry of prayer is one of the greatest honors that God can bestow on a person. You know, because um, I can remember when I was a new Christian there were always some ladies that were known as prayer you know people of prayer you know old prayer warriors or intercessors or whatever you would call them and there was a dignity that they walked in that that if you didn't know that they were people of prayer it was just on them there was a a respect there there was a refinement there there was a um they were just different and it wasn't a bad way it was a good way they weren't religious and crazy and goofy and you hid from them but they were were pleasant to be around they were nice people to be around they were always gracious people and and uh peaceful people you know uh, tranquil people peace they carried peace with them they weren't you know always disgruntled about something and you know carrying a lot of junk with them and and i just thought to myself i said boy i you know I'd really like to have that kind of life you know I mean how do you get to to there it was just something to attain to and I just want to remind you of that because so often we see prayer as some kind of imposition in our lives and it's really an honor that God has called you to this and he's opened up understanding to you of how to get things done in his kingdom he's given you keys he's given you knowledge and wisdom and understanding so i don't care what it is that he asks you to to forfeit and leave behind what you've gotten is so much better it's there's so much greater that you can do with the tools that we have now i know we don't go around bragging on ourselves and trying to each other up but you need to understand that you're a privileged person folks so you know that's that's something you don't ever want to lose sight of Uh, that it's a privilege to have these things revealed to you and have understanding you realize that if you if you get if if you've got a, a problem with something you don't have to run around to everybody or buy a ticket to go here or there to get your answer you can can go to your place of fellowship or you even get with a prayer partner your prayer partner knows ways that will help you you understand that and so these things are honorable positions that we are called to God trusts us to speak into situations that we don't even know that they exist sometimes you know he trusts us to intervene and intercede and he knows his outcome will be realized because he can trust certain people with these things and so don't ever play this cheap folks don't don't um, don't make that mistake I know sometimes you know things are are where you know you feel a little relaxed about them and that's fine you know it's a lifestyle that you can easily ease yourself into but don't look at it as something that's a problem for you don't let your ministry ever get to be a problem don't put it on a level of something that's a hindrance or something that's hard. Or you know, if you find yourself getting that way, you you need to correct that. You know, cry out to God and get Him to help you adjust your thinking about where you're called to be, because this this is your your life call. It's your salvation. This is always going to be uh, a living for you. It's always going to be a blessing for you. It's always going to be prosperity for you. If you dig deeper into what you're called to do. You'll get more out of it. And so God is always there to adorn us with greater riches than we ever give up. We ever give up. Now Jesus couldn't promise that young man all that he would have if he followed him. He would have to experience that himself. And take this road by faith. This is what we don't understand. That faith means that you trust God, and as you walk this walk and live this life, then the good things that He has for you reveal to you. The good things that He has. There are many times where, you know, I'll just think I want something, and God just gives it to me, just reveals it. You understand it comes into your life very easily when God is in charge of your life. We you sit here struggling and sweating about things, and you know, and all of that. Now, I, I was having a problem for a minute with a bounce check for <laughs> ministry, but God brought that in, just the small things that He does and big things that He does to help us. He brought it in. I had to discipline myself and not complain you got me not fret not get worked up but do the best you can with what you have you know i said well we won't charge anymore we'll go on a budget we'll get this paid off little by little but god i'm determined to pay it off and pretty soon in the paying off of it and that obedience god came in and relieved us of the whole thing this is how you live for god folks it's just that simple you do what you can you make your request known to him you go away in peace you know he's going to take care of it you know he's not going to leave You high and dry. He's always going to take care of you, and you expect a miracle. At every turn, every corner, God give us our miracle. We need a miracle here. We, we need you to overturn what we're doing here and make it right. You got me? And so this is, this is how you live. This is how God takes the impossible and makes it possible. So with this young man, it was impossible for him to get into heaven on his own and without obeying God. Okay. These are the impossible things. You know, in my life I can think of people that I knew loved the world, didn't want to serve God, but yet they're serving God now. You can think of people that, that were so far away from God and and you thought, boy, they'll never come back. Look at how far in the world they are. And yet they're back. And so this is where God wants to show you that what you believe is impossible for him is totally possible. But you've got to turn it over to him. You've got to trust him with it. So this young man needed to turn over his riches to God. Huh? Just turn it over to him. Jesus said, "If you turn it over to me, take what you have, sell it, and give it to the poor, then all of that will be laid up for you in heaven. And then come and follow me." So this young man didn't trust God to give him treasure in heaven. Jesus never told him he was going to lose anything. He said, "I'll transfer that wealth that you have down here on earth to a heaven heavenly treasure." where moth and rust you don't have to worry about it you don't have to tend it you don't have to hire somebody to manage your a wealth management person which you never have enough wealth for (laughs) to justify anybody managing it but you need help anyway you understand what I'm saying and so when you can transfer all those riches up into heaven then God's managing it for you and all you have to do is be an heir and, and do the obedience that an heir would do and he'll release what you need to you abundantly not little by little but he'll release it abundantly but you got to trust him you got to release those treasures to him so that he can have total control over them because he manages things the right way and so Jesus tells him with men this is impossible but with God all things are possible How do you go from somebody that doesn't want to serve God at all. His heart is hardened against God. To somebody who sells everything that they have. And give it up and give it to the poor. And then follow the Lord. Well a man can't do that. Only God can move on somebody's heart to do something like that. And so when God moves and does those things. It's a witness to his power. And his ability to do again the impossible. So, when we pray for people to be saved, say for instance, we're praying for somebody's salvation, we're really praying for a heart change. And we're really praying for them to make that deal with God whatever that deal is that they make that deal and they release everything to God so that they can go on in life and live free from those things God wants everybody to be free from the tyranny of the world system and how do you do that you can't do it by holding on to a little bit for yourself for a rainy day you've got to let God have everything If I hadn't let God have my jobs and my employment, I could never have done as much as I've done for him throughout these years. You got me? Now, I know some people have done what seems to be a lot more, but I've been obedient to what he's called me to do as best I can. And so you have to look at the fact that God has called you to do something for him and you are are answerable to him for it but he can do the impossible the things that you think are so hard for you to get over uh and let go of so that you can have the freedom to do exactly what god wants you to do he does those things the impossible things sometimes your jobs impossible they want you to work on saturdays they want you need the money that's an impossible thing but you know your heart is to, to worship God and be a part of what God's doing on those days. So what do you do? And so these are the things that God has to come in. And you have to trust him to make those changes for you. Just believe that he can do it. And ask him to do it for you. And watch and see God work and work these things out for you. So man looks at the outer but God looks at the heart. When we look at people we may not see the changes that we think reflect God's working on those persons hearts. But if you are faithful to pray and ask God to do the impossible. God and my loved ones seem to be stuck in just not moving any farther in your kingdom. Do the impossible for them, God. Get them over into the place where they want to go to church. They want to worship you. They want to lift up hope. This is an impossible thing, folks. We look at people every day. And in 20 years, they haven't taken another inch toward God. See, these are impossible things. And maybe sometimes we look over and see they're doing the same old thing. And, and, you know, well, shrug your shoulders or whatever. But I think it's time to start asking God to do the impossible here with people just God do it You promised you said you just they're not there and I know they're not there they're not doing what saved people do they're not happy they're not joyful they're not laying up anything that's going to get them into eternity come on God we we need to see something here and if we'll be faithful to continue to believe him to do the impossible only then will God do it. If you just accept where they are and say, well, I believe they're coming in. That's not really good, folks, you know. Why shouldn't they enjoy a saved life? You do. And so we have to, to press in now and just ask God to move these things. Whatever mountain is in their way. Whatever thing they think is too difficult for them to do. Whatever they think God's asking them to do that's too much you know sometimes people get saved and and they'll tell you you know what all those years I I was looking at you and I thought what you were doing was just so ridiculous and sometimes God needs to show them that that's normal and they're not you know what I'm saying and so whatever it is that's impossible that's holding people back start expecting God to do it and he'll do it God I'm sick of sitting looking at him doing nothing (laughs) you promised salvation and this ain't it I know cuz I'm saved and they're not like me. And so you know whatever it is that that you need to you know you need to see uh see it and and don't compromise. You know sometimes we'll pray for loved ones and uh you know pray for them to get a good job and once they get a job we feel like we've done our job. Well then you have a job and still go to hell, folks. Yeah, let's get with it here. So, uh, let's keep pressing in for the conversion that we know is there, uh, that they can do and, and that will get them where God wants them to be. He loves them. He wants to see him worship him. He wants to be able to talk to them one on one like he does with you. Give you good things. Bless them with good things. He wants them to have the same good life that he wants you to have. And so we've got to get rid of this because it looks impossible. We just accept that wall being there and we don't ever want to blast through it and plow through it. There's got to be a way through that not with us but with God so sometimes it's just keeping our expectation on God to do these things and and then we'll see them we'll see salvation while we yet live now that was always my prayer with all of my loved ones that I would see their salvation while I was yet living you know it's easy to cop out and say well i know i believe i received and i know they'll get saved and you know go home to be with the lord but you want to you want to see it while you're living you know it's sometimes it's just validates your prayers you know it's i know it always encourages me when i see prayers answered because i i can see the impossible come to pass and i can be encouraged that if i boy if i keep this up man what i could do you know it just stirs you up and and fires you up afresh and a do. and sometimes we don't like admitting to ourselves that our faith has gone a little flat you know that we're just accepting things the way they are and and you know just you know just change your mind about that you know plow through god this is impossible here but you're the god of impossible things you can do this it's in your word i've been praying your word to you i have a covenant with you that says that you're going to do these things and it's looking impossible because this person yet has not made one move towards you so let's get this done god let's get it done and so he'll start working on them he'll work on their hearts work on their minds finances whatever you know sometimes we we're too quick to want to you know like moses always interceding for the people and sometimes people need to pray for themselves you got me They, they know enough to pray for themselves and so we we have to be be like that you know know when to move in know when to just wait and expect God to do something and uh, you know God will do it we just have to learn these things learn how to learn the signs of somebody who's almost in you know uh, teetering on the edge etc cetera, etc cetera. I used to uh, talk with a, a, a lady that was an intercessor and she could could tell what the way people were responding to different things that God was moving on them. She's a very observant person in the spirit, you know, and tell when things were imminent, and, and she was always right. She said, "Oh, honey, he won't be long for. Yeah, he's going to come in soon." Yeah, or she would just encourage you to, "Well, you know, just keep thanking God for it and keep praying because God'll blast through that. He's promised your loved one, you know, and they, that kind of thing. You know, that needs to come back, don't you think?" I, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, I like it when people encourage you and and uh, just want to they're in there with you, and they're holding on with you and encouraging you in your prayer. And so those things the impossible things folks. Uh we're going to see them. We we will. We just need to hold on to God. You can't let time and discouragement and all those things uh sever uh and cut you off from from believing god hold on to your faith you know bible says nothing can separate us from the love of god and it can't but it, things can keep your faith from working for you so that's your responsibility hold on to your faith and allow god to work amen All right. Well, Father in Heaven, we thank you for understanding that if something's impossible, we can call on you. And we call on you, God of the impossible, we call on you today to do that which our minds have decided is not possible. And the things that are not possible with man. With mere human uh, with mere human effort. We know there are things that are not possible with our, our mere human efforts. But they are with you because with you nothing is impossible. And we thank you for that Father. Thank you for reminding us of all that you do. Especially in the salvation realm. We thank you for saving everybody in our household. In Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If you need prayer, come on up. Him is one I wanted to remind.